0: We're continuing in our message series, our sermon series on one, and we're going to be looking at specifically one God over all and uh, what that means for us and how we can kind of begin to understand that. But before we go any further, let's pray that God will give us his wisdom and insight into what he means and how he wants these verses applied. God, we thank you for the opportunity um, to realize this truth that you are over all. And we pray that our heart and our mind, our life, our very soul will be laid before you as we seek that. We know what it is to struggle and make decisions in life. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will give us insight into the meaning of your word and also how we become more like Jesus Christ in it. So bless us during this time May we understand your word and then respond as you lead us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when you... Look at and think about one God over all. There's this, this kind of tension, this burdenous love that God has in this understanding that um, we would not let any circumstance circumvent our contentment, love, joy, peace, hope um, because of our strong relationship with God. That we wouldn't put those good things down in order... Um, to interact with the circumstances around us that our relationship with God would be strong enough to be able to weigh those and and it's not that God is any stronger or less strong but it's more about us being committed and understanding that God is over everything and allowing that to help us to live in freedom regardless of anything that goes on around us now I'll say this if you don't have a relationship with God, you will very, very easily lose contentment. You'll lose joy. Definitely be losing peace because you're at odds with the creator of the world. You're at odds with God, your maker. You're you're just not right in the way that he would desire for you to be and, it, and has put Christ in the world to do that. So I would say to you that more contentment, more love, more joy, and more peace comes out of and hope is born out of this idea when we understand the truth that God is over all. And that's what we're going to look at um, in our passage of scripture. So let's just sort of hit the foundational scripture that we've had through this entire series of Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse, verses 4, 5, and 6. And this is, these verses are meant to unify Christians everywhere. To help us to see what is common among us all. measure that we all share What is the fuel for our boldness and courage regardless of what's going on around us. So Ephesians chapter 4 verses 4, 5, and 6. There is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. So, what we're going to be talking about specifically here is is God's transcendence. That's, that's sort of the English word that we would have for that, the transcendence of, of God over everything. So, transcendence literally means overall, you transcend everything. But when you put it in the context of God as overall, it's an overall ruling care for that which he has created, which, by the way, is everything. It's you, it's me, it's it's creation, the sun, the moon, the stars, the smallest little molecules that we can find. God's created all of that. So when you're talking about God as overall, you're talking about God's characteristic and quality of transcendence, that He is overall, which leads us to this one thing which we must remember and remind ourselves of. It will just give us so much encouragement and joy. So the one thing uh, is this. God is infinitely more and all you need to rely on. God is infinitely more and all you need to rely on. So when you're thinking about, man, circumstances or contentment or things that are happening in your world, your neighborhood, your HOA, your community, um, your state, city, country, the globe, when you look at those things, you're always going to be able to remind yourself of that one thing. Look, God's infinitely more. I do not need to worry. I can celebrate freely. I can have joy in all this is because all I need to do is rely on God who is all and is over all. So we're going to look um, here in a moment in an Old Testament scripture to help us sort of understand and explain uh, transcendence. We don't run into people every day uh, on a daily basis unless you spend time with God every day, which Christian, I hope you are. But we don't run into people that are transcendent. We might say they have a transcendent talent. They're the best in the world at something or, or they're the best. But to be literally and figuratively true in all the ways that it means to have an overall ruling care, we've got to look at some verses that help us to explain that. So the context of Isaiah 40, Isaiah chapter 40, is that God is showing his greatness and we're seeing the greatness of God in the midst of a tumultuous national and spiritual events. So, I don't know about you, what country you live in, but it's not always peaceful. Things always don't go so well. And there's this up and down, and things are good and bad and hard and easy, and then you take that and you know that what's happening on the outside and on the surface is also underpinned with this whole spiritual warfare and battle that goes on with good versus evil and, and how all of that plays out in our life. So, these verses that we're going to look at in Isaiah 40 um, is in that context. It's in the context of the nation and the country and Israel just being overrun um, by trouble. A lot of it they've caused for themselves, quite honestly. They've pushed God out of their society. They've pushed God to the margins. They've brought other things in which were more important. Um, There's also an enemy from outside and other countries bearing down on them. So God just shows his greatness, his transcendence through these verses. So we're going to look at some of these verses in Isaiah 40, 21 through 26, and begin to just kind of unpack and understand exactly uh, what God's trying to show us and and tell us here. So let's look at Isaiah uh, chapter 40, uh, verses just 21 and 22. Let's hit that first as we kind of dial in to how the Bible would say dense." Look, if you want to know who God is and what He's like, who Jesus is, what He's like, who the Holy Spirit is and what He's like, you go to the Bible. So Isaiah forty twenty one. Do you not know? So Isaiah's talking to the people that are in the struggle. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? Verse 22. It is he, God, who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants, you and I, are like grasshoppers, It is God who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. So let's just pause there for a second and think about what has just been told. First of all, massive science going on here. We're talking about the earth as a circle being dropped in here and it just hangs there because of God's Good will. But it also starts to tell us, go, look, let me remind you, those rhetorical questions would be questions that a believer, an Israelite, a Christian today would go, oh, yeah, I have heard this. Since the foundations of the earth, we have been told this. So look at verse 22 and begin to imagine and embrace the magnitude of God's powerful care over all, and more importantly, over you, Christian, as He watches over those. Um, That are his and then his sovereign over everything which we'll talk about next week. So verse 22 talks about this. He sits above the circle of the earth. So not like on top but just overall. Remember this whole transcendence thing. We're just talking about God being over and he's being there. His inhabitants are like grasshoppers. So take if you've ever flown in an airplane and you've looked down and you've actually seen the property lines of the farmers and where they're farming the beans and the and the corn and all of that from the airplane window and the people are so small you can't even make them out now you're getting just a little tip of a glimpse of what God's describing here he's so far up in eternity and so far in heaven that as he looks down we are like grasshoppers or if you've just ever been and seen grasshoppers off at a field uh, they are small They are teeny from a distance. And that's what we're, some of the things we're talking about is we begin to envision sort of God's transcendence and his overallness. And this is meant to encourage God's people in the midst of national trouble, in the midst of trouble in their personal life. Even if the country you live in is going well, it can still be difficult. And it also says this in 22, he stretches out the heavens like a curtain. I have hung... I don't know how many curtains in homes that I've lived in uh, for my wife. So she stands back, makes sure it's level, makes sure it's right. But I have taken that fabric and I've fanned it out and stretched it out and let it ripple and fall and pool at the bottom on the floor. So I know what it is to understand this like a curtain. And that's what he does with the heavens. Now, what we're talking about with the heavens here isn't capital H heaven, though it is massive and eternal. But we're talking about the little heavens like space, and the cosmos, the sky, um, all those things that are out there, how the Hubble telescope can look to the end, far beyond Mars, far beyond Pluto, but all of creation, God can just grab it like a curtain and just fan it out and just spread it forever. And he just hangs it there. Then it goes on and says, not only that, but he spreads it like a tent in which we live under. So now you've got this fabric, he puts it out and we're just in there and we're shooting these little teeny you know probes out into this little thing and trying to see this and we're always discovering i just read the other day an article where we discovered a new comet one of our long-range probes just caught uh well you would say a a random not before seen comet just streaking through the cosmos and god did that god's like spread out the heavens bing and he just sends a, a comet out for us to find and joy and revel in and how big the space is. So this, this passage of scripture, these two verses are helping us to just kind of look out there and go, man, God's over all of that, right? Yeah, maybe you remember that little song when you were a kid, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. You know, God is just, you know, the earth is the footstool and he is just there over all Creation. And when you start seeing that magnitude of God that powerful and that eternal and that just wise, all of our problems seem small. All of our problems seem small. And we understand that mentality of not letting uh, circumstances overwhelm us. We go on vacations, right? And when we lock the door to that house and jump in our vehicle or get on that airplane to go, we want to leave all of that behind. We just want to leave that home, take a vacation. From our problems and God's, and why is that? Because the further distance you get away, the the better you're able to relax, the better you're able to enjoy your time of relaxation. And maybe it's it's headphones and and a coffee in the morning in your Bible. Maybe it's just a quiet place or the outside or the inside or some some private little devotional area that you have. We know what it is to get away, and God's like, look. I am so far above all things. My ways are so high. My ways are so good that you don't ever have to worry about what you're facing. Not because I don't care about your problems, but because he's got this. He's got this. Look at verses 23 and 24. He's giving us sort of um, blinders that can come in front of our eyes here in these verses that can get us and distract us from the enormity of who God is. Uh, verses 23 and 24. So still talking about God here. Who brings the princes or ruling authorities to nothing. And makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. At this time Israel is being um, just onslaughted by other countries and other cities armies. And they're just in this constant cycle of oppression. And being enslaved and just being tortured and tormented. And Isaiah just speaking. Who brings these to nothingness? God does. Verse 24. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he, God, blows on them, they wither. The tempest carries them off like stubble. So God's using, through Isaiah, this example of like, look, I know as you begin, well, let me just say it this way. We may look up to leaders, but we should look beyond to God. We may look up at circumstances, and get caught navel gazing like, oh, woe is me, or something jumps in our way and wants to get our attention, major pandemic, economy struggles, persecution, missing family members, illnesses, uh, other things that can be good, promotion, uh, marriage, kids, new house, new home, safety, security, all these things can jump in their way and get us from looking beyond to who God is and start looking at to the left and to the right and at those things which may distract us. And Isaiah, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is just simply saying, look, these things are, are so temporary. So don't get so high up on the mountaintop celebrating that you forget that God's given you every good thing, James 1.17. Don't forget that even though how low of the depths you are, Psalm 23, that, that God is there and He walks with you. Because God is transcendent. He is the one God over all. You don't need to worry. You don't need to be concerned. You just need to be faithful. So we see that. And as you observe that which you may rely on or plague you, remember God is always infinitely more and all you need to rely on. That's who God is. That is is what he's done. And that's the... So it's, it's not like God's so um, big and bad that he doesn't care. It's the other thing. He's so wise and he's so holy. He knows each of us intimately, Christians and non-Christians, that, that he can care for us. And here's where I would I would say this. Whatever your princes are, those things which bring emptiness to your life, that, that rules over and distracts you, which maybe you live in abundance and you're doing very well and uh, you're just looking for more meaning, God's got the answer for that. Or maybe you're in generational poverty and you're just wondering, how can I ever get my family up out of this? God who is sovereign and transcendent over all, who rulingly cares over everything, He can do that. The God that just pushes off with His words of comment to just travel infinitely through space can certainly and desires to care for you and be Lord of your life through Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, you're never going to find true contentment, love, joy, peace, even hope or strong relationships with others or God apart from Jesus Christ. So if you're not a Christian and you've never been saved, never confessed your sin and asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, then then you've really got no shot of making it through this world and certainly no shot in eternity being with God. Because there's only one way to that one God and that's through Jesus. And we must have him just met with a guy this past week some problems some concerns different things he was kind of wrestling with and he's like tell me give me the five things just bing bang 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 boom 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 rum them out tell me what i need to do to just be better and he's like, because i know that's all i need to do i know you give me the five things to a better life and i can just do that and and i was like look your number one need is to be a christian because you're at odds with that one God that's overall. And long story short, praise the Lord, God does all the work. That guy gets saved, and then we can begin to work on his problems and then begin to help him to enjoy the greatness of the life that God's given him in a real way that God's always intended. You think your life is so great now. It can be better in ways I can never describe. You think your life is so bad now, it can be better in ways I can never describe to you. You just have to live through it with Jesus. So if you're not a Christian, do not wait for today. Do it right now. Just simply kneel where you are, bow your head, pull the car over, get away and just in your cubicle, pause whatever you're doing and just pray and ask Jesus to forgive you for your sins claim that Jesus is the son of God and ask him to be Lord of your life and to live and to forgive you for your sins and after you've done that tell someone tell someone, get baptized publicly celebrate that through a baptism party with other people and get into a local church with other Christians that love him because the one God who's over all and through all cares for his kids and if you're not his kids the number one need that you have is to be his Let's look at the last two verses here of our section about God's transition. Remember the tension that God has here for our life is that He doesn't, he doesn't want the circumstances of our life to circumvent our contentment and joy and all the good things He wants to give us. So we can look at the rulers of this world and just shake our head and go, what in the world is going on? We can look at our job and our home life and our family and, and where we go to have fun and just be like, what in the world is going on? Or we can think that this is the best it can get. And I can tell you what, it's not the best it can get. God's best is greater than anything you could ever receive. So what we're seeing in verses 25 and 26 is how we can respond like Christ. The, the previous verses that we looked at were helping us to become like Christ. To think like Him. To see the way that God does. To, n- to not get caught up looking at something or someone but to look beyond that to who God is and see His transits and go, what in the world am I worrying about? This God could do anything. Anything. He made me. He made it all. He holds it all together. Verse 25 of Isaiah 40. To whom will you compare me that I should be like him? So God's just sort of rhetorically asking, says the Holy One, to whom do I compare? We've already talked about that some. There, there's no one. No one compares to God. We try to be like him, but you know it, it's, it's apples to coconuts, and we're the coconuts. I mean, we're crazies. Compared to him, there is no comparison verse twenty six now here's where you get to see the response to Christ because what what you have to do is not just simply know it in your heart that that God is is ruler of all and transcendent, Jesus is king, holy Spirit's guide and comforter. We have to actually live it out, and this is the way we can begin to engage God's transcendence so we can live free and peacefully regardless of what's happening in our life. Lift up your eyes, it says in verse ter- verse twenty six on high and see in some translations it says lift up your eyes to the heavens and look and just see you know if you you want a good example of just kind of understanding God's transcendence go to a planetarium if you can find a Christian planetarium there are those out there go to those but man when you kick back in that chair and they just start showing how small the earth is compared to the rest of creation you'll start going wow God's pretty awesome. I did that at the Creation Museum in Kentucky, uh, man, a couple years back, and it was just, it was incredible. I wish I would have bought the DVD of that program because it was just so motivating. And maybe I'll get it, but that's what he's saying. Like, look up to your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name. What's he talking about? The stars, the comets, the planets. God's got names for all of them. Frank. Jimmy Judy Karen they're all out there calling them by name so you look up and see all that God's done by the greatness of God's might because God is strong in power not one is missing I lose my keys sometimes sometimes I misplace one of my many kids not intentionally but you just don't know where that stuff is and God's like look you can't even count the stars. We can't see the end of space. We can't begin to understand what's out there. We keep looking for other earths that maybe we can inhabit. Take Jesus there. But as we look at all of those things, God's like, look, not one misses. I know every hair on your head. I know every bird that dies. I know every star by name, every comet. He knows places and things we've never even seen. They all have names, just like you do his precious, chosen, unique one that he has made only one of. And non-Christian, I'd say that to you. You are unique and valued and a treasure to God. And he desires to spend all of eternity and to help you through this and guide you through this life. So I just think it's incredible for this. So what does he mean when he says, lift up the eyes on high to see and look to the heavens? Get a little perspective. Next time you're on a flight or whatever, look out the window and just pray and go, God, thanks for this perspective. Because there's so much more to life and so much more to eternity. Maybe just take perspective, uh, the tombstone perspective. Where you look at the encapsulation of someone's life. At best, there's a little wording, but mostly it was born here, died here in the dash in between. And then just realize that that little bit of a person's life is, is nothing. It's like a hair's width difference compared to eternity which goes on forever and god oversees that so take take a step back that's what i'd say to you if i could challenge you to do something today especially as a christian take a step back and get a little perspective on life try to see as god sees the way that he would desire for us and then it talks about god's power and strength is expansive And it's also personal to you. So that's why you get that phrase, right? You're looking out. He's talking about the cosmos. He's naming all the stars, which we still do, right? This is star number. This is Sirius star. This is uh, AB245.j76. We name all the stars too. I think his names are going to be much more poetic and beautiful and elaborate. But he does that. But then what he says at the end of verse 26 is really compelling. Not one is missing. And why would he say that? It's, it's like I tell my kids. Like, Look, if you ever get lost, there are. we will find you. Don't worry, mom and dad, we will find you. You're safe. And there's a comfort that goes, not one is missing. And the Bible talks all the time about of all of creation and all those things that take place, even the angels. That God has just a different perspective and love and intimacy with us that he doesn't have with anything else in all of creation. I mean, God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. I mean, it's not going to always be easy, but it will always be better to live for Jesus. So let me hit you with this one thing as we close. Whatever you're going through, whatever joy you're experiencing, um, whatever in between or down in the depths, rock bottom that you're going through, let me tell you this. I know it with absolute truth and certainty because the Bible tells me and I've experienced it in my own life. God is infinitely more, and I left that open-ended, Whatever you want to throw in there, he's more than. And all you need to rely on is God. You need no other safety nets. You can just trust in the Lord. And I'll just tell you from experience, more than likely, he's going to give you a lot of ways to show you he's caring for you. Finances and a home and people who love you and care for you. Man, the body of Christ, which the head is Jesus Christ. I mean, God isn't just going to give you one thing. He's going to John 10, 10 you all day long. That you might have life and have it to the full. So I'd say to you, non-Christian, don't wait for today. Right now, we're going to pray that you be saved. So let's pray together. God, we pray that you will save the souls of those who are yet not a part of the family of God. Those people who aren't Christians, who don't live for Jesus who are relying on other things that can't see their way out of the pit or think this mountaintop experience is the best as life gets, I pray that they'll all stop selling themselves short, that they'll just bend their knee to you, they'll submit to you, Jesus, and just say, forgive me for all my sins, those that I know and don't know. Be the Lord and leader of my life, Son of God, and help me to live for you each and every day more and more. God we as Christians we pray that for those that are watching we pray that for those in our families and in our neighborhoods that aren't saved and finally Lord we pray that um, for those that are just all over the world needlessly suffering because of their lack of relationship with, with God Jesus and the Holy Spirit and finally God we pray for us as Christians that we might remember you are transcendent who made all this that we live in who made the tent of creation that we are all under God did And we can rely on Him. And we don't have to worry. Our contentment's not up for sale. Our contentment can't be shaken. contentment can't be stolen away. And Lord we pray that you'll help us to have that. And thank you Lord that you are over all. Because you're holy, you're right, you're perfect and true. We pray all these names for the glory of God. So that we might make more disciples of Jesus Christ. And do all that we can to spread the name and the renown. And stir up our affections and desires for Christ. By the way that we live. And stir that in others as well. We love you Lord. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.